So it says, when Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come, come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. Now remember the guy's family. I know you want to do that to family sometimes, but you know, this is pretty serious. He says, we can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams, <laughs> right? You know, that's exactly how people operate. Well, let's see what becomes of his dreams or her dreams. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, they're going through a hard time. Let's see now, right? It says, so when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off his beautiful robe he was wearing. Then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty and there was no water in it. You know, yes, yes, the reality of life is nobody loves a dreamer. Least of all the devil. And least of all those who, who don't dream. Nobody loves a dreamer. You know, you don't need gifts and talents to dream. You don't need money to dream. In actual fact, you need to dream. You can be the poorest person financially, but if you have a dream, if you're the richest person because that dream will actually enable you to take uh, uh, possession of the land. It will enable you to get to the, the, the destiny that God has got for you. But if you don't have a dream, no matter how much money you have, you're actually a poor person. And a dream costs you nothing. A dream costs you nothing. And a dream is what will change your future and will help you to endure the present. Because listen, I want to tell you now that purpose always overcomes pain. People who don't have purpose don't know how to deal with their pain. But people who have a purpose will always overcome pain because purpose is always stronger than pain. Purpose is always stronger than the challenges that you are going through right now. Because there's something in your heart that even though you may mess up, you may fail, you may you may fall, you may lose, you may not make it, uh, to the winning team right now. But if you have purpose, it will overcome the pain that you're going through right now. And purpose will always shine through. When you look at Joseph in that context, when he was in jail, you look at that context, you will see that even though he was in jail, but because he had a dream, he was able to prosper even in jail. Amen. So you may be in a jail, but if you have a purpose in your heart and a dream in your heart, you will prosper no matter where you're at. Amen. Somebody saying, Amen. And that, you know, uh, there's a difference between an opinion and a conviction. You know, a lot of people have opinions, right? Right? <laughs> you think so? Uh, all of you have opinions. Everyone has an opinion. I have an opinion. Mm -hmm. I have an opinion of everything. But do I have convictions? Because a lot of people have opinions but no convictions. There's a difference because if you have an opinion, that's where it stays. And, it's, and it becomes a critical issue. You, you start criticizing. That's an opinion, right? Because it has no action or commitment tied to it. So people have opinions. They can have opinions of the church. People have opinions of me. They have opinions of you. You know what? It's inconsequential because there's no action tied to it. So whatever opinions people have, it really doesn't matter, right? But we live our lives by people's opinions. 
And we often change directions because of people's opinions. When in actual fact, opinions should never cause you to change direction, but a conviction will always keep you on the path and the destiny that God has got for you. You know why? Because a conviction is simply this. Is I'm committed to this. It's my sentence. I'm bound to it. I will pay the price. Because in a conviction, I, I'm convicted of this. I have a conviction about this. I have a value about this. I have a dream about this. And if I have that, then nobody's going to sway me from the dream. Amen? So opinions and convictions are two different things. It's like that with a dream. It's with you 24-7. You can have a dream. And so maybe you are here this morning and you don't have a dream. Well, I want to stir that up in you. Because I believe that it's, it's a critical factor in a Christian's life. It's part of how God speaks to us. God puts stuff in you. Now, a dream is not for when you fall asleep. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Because if that was the case, majority of the church would have had a dream by now. Not here. Amen? Majority of the church in the world, people are asleep. Right? Amen? But listen, it's not for when you sleep. Now, God can give you dreams when you sleep, and many times He does. God will give me dreams, and dreams will come, and dreams are there to help you. But if it's a God dream, it will stay with you. It will stay with you. God can show you things about your future in a dream. And so dreams are important. You can be walking, and you will actually see something in your spirit. It's like a dream. Amen? So... It's with you 24-7. And the reality is this, is that Satan will always try to kill your dreams. You can have dreams for your family. You have dreams for your children. You have dreams for your business. You have dreams. And I want to tell you what, right now, is this is the issue. Uh, here comes that dreamer. Let's throw him in the pit. Let's kill the dreamer. Simple. They didn't even um, uh, uh, make uh, much any words. They just said, let's kill him right now. Because that dream that he's got actually makes us feel insignificant. And the reality is this, that many people who carry dreams on the inside of them make other people feel insignificant or maybe inferior because they don't have a dream and they will always gun for you, always go for you. But you have to decide, am I going to listen to what they say or am I going to listen to what God says about my life? Amen. Because a dream will always bring you to the top. It will always bring you out. It will bring you out of the pit. It will take you from the pit, the prison, to the palace in a moment of time if you carry the dream. And so he'll always kill your dreams. Here comes a dreamer. And you know, the reality is that a dream is always bigger than your reality now. Hmm? Now, I will say to you this, that... Uh, you know, if I can't sing and put two notes together, my dream is not going to be I'm going to make like uh, the number one, I'm going to have Dove Awards for the Christian number one Christian album. It's not going to happen. It'll have to be some extraordinary thing. Amen. But a dream brings us to reality as well. What is it that God wants me to do? What is it? Why am I here? Why am I alive on planet Earth? Amen. 
You can say, well, I'm just a mother. No, you're not just a mother. You're a mother who can pray for their children, intercede for their children. You're a mother that can raise up the next generation. You're a mother that can pray for other children. You're a mother that can birth extraordinary things. You're a mother that can impact the next generation. You're not just a mother. You're not just a father. You're not just a nobody. You're a somebody in God's eyes. And that's a dream that we have to carry within us, that I'm here for a purpose and I will fulfill my purpose in life no matter what happens. The devil is always after your dream. He wants to destroy the seed. And you can read right from Genesis to Revelation that, 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 that Satan, whenever something God does something, he always comes for the seed. Moses, seed. Adam and Eve, seed. Jesus, seed. Right? Pharaoh went for Moses. Herod, killed everybody under two years old. It's incredible because the devil's after the seed and the devil doesn't care whom he destroys in the process of trying to get to your dream, to your seed. That's why we have to be vigilant. That's why we've got to guard what God puts in our hearts, the vision we have, the desires we have, because they're not just there for a, for a, a, a just by the way, they're there for your future. They're there for a, a generation. They're there to impact the generation. Acts 13, 36 says that David served his generation by the will of God. Then he died. So we are yet to serve our generation by the will of God. And that's a dream that you and I carry. You may, it may not be one specific thing, but it's something that you know, God, I'm here for a purpose and I will fulfill my purpose every single day. And as you make that commitment in your life, it becomes more and more apparent in your life. But a lot of people think, well, I don't have anything. I'm, I'm 40 years old. I don't have anything. So what? God called Abraham at 75. And he told him to get on his air-conditioned donkey with his wife, <laughs> who was like 60, right? Amen. Imagine that. Where are we going? Where are we going, honey? Well, I don't know. Uh, how are we getting there? Well, on the air-conditioned donkey, Right? How far is it? I don't know. God just said go. But you see, if we're willing to walk the walk, then God is able to speak to us in the process because a dream unfolds. A dream is not something you may get initially, but if you're faithful with what you have now and you walk towards what God, what you, what you know God wants you to do, God gives you more and God gives you more and God gives you more. You can read it in the book of Deuteronomy. The Bible tells us that God never gave them all the victory all at once because it says that if God gave them the victory all at once, the fields would have become overgrown. Uh, they would not have been able to contain it or to handle it. And this is the process of walking with God. If you make a commitment to walk with God, God will open up the doors, open up opportunities, open up things in your life. Amen. Come on. You've got to get this because this is a walk with God. It's not a single event. Walk with what you know. Walk with what you have. That's part of the dream. You think, well, my dream's not big, but that's okay. You still have something. You say, well, I don't have a dream. Well, I have a dream. 
Win the loss at any cost. Mend the nets, the catch will be great. Build one dynamic church in many locations. That's my dream. If I don't know what to do, then I'll go back to them and say, this is what I have to do. Amen. That's my dream. Matthew 28, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. That's a dream. It's not that difficult. Your dream is your future. Your dream is your destiny. That's why you have to dream big dreams. Dream about people being saved. Dream about your home cell exploding and multiplying. Dream about that. Amen. Ooh, I need a bigger amen than that. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's why you have to dream. And you know, the, 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 the amazing thing which I always found find most profound is that God dares to dream His dream within me. He does, within you. You and I who are cracked many times, we leak out, we, we, we just don't have it all together. But God still puts His dream in us. And He still trusts us with His dream. Amen. You know, who, would, who but God would dare to dream His dream within us? Who but God? That's why Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or imagine or think according to the power that works in us. Come on. That works in us. So there's a power that works in us. It's the dream of God. It's the Holy Spirit that's within us. And that's why God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or imagine. So what are you imagining? The word think there is imagine. What are you imagining? That's a dream. Imagine, imagine, imagine schools saved. Some of you have burden for your children. You're thinking, what am I going to do with my children? Oh, well, start dreaming for your children. Start dreaming that those schools are serving God. Start dreaming that there's a revival that breaks out in these primary schools and high schools and universities. Start dreaming, start dreaming. Sometimes we go through an anguish and we don't know why we're going through that anguish. But I want to tell you, in that anguish, Lord, say, God, I'm going to dream bigger than I've ever dreamed before. I've got the this anguish. I've got this thing on my heart. And it's that that God wants you to dream and say, I'm going to make it better. I'm going to, I want you to think bigger than you've ever thought of, uh, concerning that. Amen. You know, the thing about imagination, because we think we cannot use our imagination. Hmm? We've got to be creative in God. Amen. Somebody say amen. Genesis 11 verse 6. Are you learning something this morning? Because I want to stir this in you. Genesis chapter 11 verse 6 says, And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they have all one language. This is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. So keep that scripture up. I want you, I want you to get it. So yeah, they want to build the Tower of Babel or Babel. And, and God says, this is what God says. He says they're one. They're one language. And now because of that, they're thinking as one. Nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. God recognizes the power of unity. Even with ungodly people. Even with sick people. Even with people who had demonic activity 
happening within them. God recognises that and God says, because of that, I'm going to cause confusion to come. And God brings confusion and many languages. Amen? Right? So, so the original language of heaven was what? English, right? <laughs> Amen. Everything else is confusing to a lot of people, right? Okay. That's a joke. All right. <laughs> Amen. So, yes, what happens? God says nothing that they do will be, will be withheld from them. Have you ever considered that right now in the world, there's one language appearing all around the world. And you know what the one language is? Gender, sexuality, inclusion, etc. And, and companies are uh, militant about this. They will gun for you if you dare to say anything. Whether you're living in France, Canada, whether you're living in Puerto Rico, whether you're living uh, anywhere in the world, whatever language you speak, there's still one language. That people are united on one thing. You know why? Because they know it's an antichrist thing. Amen. Inherently they know it's an antichrist thing. So they are speaking one language. Amen. That's why the church has to understand the power of vision, the power of dreaming, the power of saying we have a purpose on this earth. We've got one purpose on this earth and that's to bring revival to this earth, to bring souls and a harvest, amen, like never before. Come on. One language. The problem is that every single Christian's got their opinion. Mm -hmm. Not here. Right? I want to do it like this. Okay. Show me the fruit. Show me the money. Amen. Show me the fruit. Amen. So, so this is the issue, is that God understands us and, and the world understands us. They don't know, they don't know pulling the strings, but they, they understand this. It's becoming such an aggression within the world, within uh, uh, big corporations that they are willing to destroy your life because you don't agree with them. Because there's this one language driven by a demonic force that is pushing them. Right? That people have become afraid just to even say, well, I'm a Christian. Too afraid to say, no, no, sorry. I actually believe in marriage between a man and a woman. Amen. A natural man and a natural woman, by the way. Amen. And, and, and that may be considered hate speech one day, soon, who knows, and they may come locked me up, but that's okay. I'm willing for that. Amen. But here's the point, is that we've got to learn to understand that we're not going to back off. Now, we're not going to stand on our desk at our workplace with a big Bible uh, big enough to choke a donkey and stand on the desk and say, repent you sinners, you're going to hell. No, that's not what it's about. But the point is that we have a dream, we have a vision. We've got to learn to speak God's language. You've got to learn if we want to overcome, we have to learn to speak His language, His purpose, His plan to reach the world. Amen. Just like the devil is using his language. And it's under the name of gender inclusion and, and uh, transgender and... Uh, oh, hello. Right? Isn't it amazing? Mm-hmm. And so 
In Acts chapter, so in the book of Genesis, God brings confusion. But here's the beautiful thing. In Acts chapter 2, God changes that. So, so we, 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 we can't be a people and we'll look at this now. He brings this. So in Acts chapter 2, God brings this language. He makes it one language. Let's see. He brings the language of the Spirit, a language of surrender, a language of worship, a language of love, a language of grace, a language of unity. So that's why to, to, to criticize all the time is not the language of God, no matter how, much, how we phrase it. I believe God. <laughs> no, no, no. We have a purpose. We learn to speak the language of God. We actually begin to produce the dream of God. So let's read Acts chapter 2. Are you with me this morning? Amen. So I'm with you, pastor, pastor, pastor. All right. So he says, uh, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were with one accord in one place. One accord, one place. Started with 500 people, ended with 120. Why? Because the other 380 peeled off. Because of the, oh, this is too hard. Right? Too hard. Wait, 10 days. Too hard. So you were the <laughs> 380th person. And as you walked out the door, the Holy Spirit fell. You must know how great you felt then, right? Amen. And so it says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. So listen, you've got to get this. Is the fire of God sat upon each of them? Now in the book of Genesis 11, uh, uh, that, that what happened? God scattered them. God scattered them. I don't know how He did it, but here in Acts chapter 2, the fire of God sits on each one of them. And it says, Then appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, one set upon each of them, and they were all filled. Say all filled. Amen. With the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So in the book of Genesis, they are scattered, but right here in the book of Acts, they are brought together for His purpose, to dream His dream, to fulfill His vision, to fulfill His commission. That's why God does it. God does not fill you to have another glory party. God fills you to reach the world. God fills you to dream bigger. God fills you to, you, to be a great business person for His purpose, for His kingdom. God fills you to fulfill His purpose, His plan. Amen. Come on. Somebody say amen. And so they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse 15 says, For these are not drunk as you suppose. Since it, is, it was only the third hour of the day, nine o'clock. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Say all flesh. Come on. You know, our flesh needs a touch from God. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. That's got to be a dream of yours. If you're a parent and you, you're concerned about your children, start dreaming that. Say, God, my children are going to prophesy. You know what? When you prophesy, what are you prophesying? The very words of God, the very thoughts of God, the very heart of God. That's a dream. This is not by the way. We, we, we tend to make this very clinical. All right, let's have uh, two or three prophesying in the church. And then, no, no, it's more than that. 
You want your children to stand up in school and speak the very oracles of God. Prophesy to their class. Amen. Prophesy when they walk into that school. Say, this school is going to come to repentance. This school is going to have revival. And if your child's not doing that yet, then I encourage you to walk around that school. Walk around, walk around. Prophesy over that school. Prophesy revival in that school. Start dreaming the dream of God. Start fulfilling the purpose of God with the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Somebody say amen in this place. Because it's not just for my glory, for my, oh, I feel good. <laughs> Amen. You know, uh, if it's all about feeling good, then I must think I must miss God because a lot of the times I don't feel good. Amen. It is true. Now, I mean, it's not like I'm depressed or anything. That's not what I'm saying. I don't walk around trying to feel good. Okay. That went down like a lead balloon. So he says, and your daughters shall prophesy, your, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Come and dream that dream. Just declare it. Some of you have to declare this. Say, my sons and my daughters, my children will prophesy. They're going to speak the very oracles of God. Come on. It says your young men. Some of you got sons. Come on, prophesy. My son's going to see visions. My son is going to see visions. Come on, I'm going to see visions. All right. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Okay. Now, now listen, um, I'm 61 this year, so I'm still a young man. The point is, I'm not dreaming dreams yet. All right. I don't know, are there any old guys here? Any that you dream in dreams? Nobody wants to admit. Uh, all right. I'm sure Sean is. is <laughs> Amen. We've seen visions. We dream in dreams. Amen. Come on. It's what God wants to give us. It's, it's this, this thing that He wants to put in us to dream His dream. To dream his dream. So people are going to say, here comes that dreamer. And, and, and your dream in God may, may look slightly different. It may be to, to build business and to release finances in the kingdom of God. To become a source. To become a resource. Yours may be to hold a, 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 a great uh, as, uh, events, to, to harvest events, to, 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 to reach people. Maybe yours is just to say, God, I'm going to pray for that school for the rest of my days. Whatever it may be, but start dreaming that dream that God has got for you. Where you're at, where you are. And he says, and on my maidservants and maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon into blood, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I'm not going to talk to you about blood moons this morning. Amen. All right. But listen, listen. The, the, the language of the Holy Spirit is visions and dreams. Really. That God can impress things on your heart. It's a vision. You don't have to be caught up like the Apostle John on the Isle of Patmos into the third heaven or like the Apostle Paul into the third heaven. No, you can be walking down the road and God can impress something on your heart. He can stir something in your heart. He can show you things. He can tell you what's going to happen. He can give you a dream. You may, be, you may wake up and just before that you've had a dream, there's something that God speaks to you and shows you. There are many times that God gives me dreams through the years and they are very significant dreams. I write them down. I write them down and I can show you almost to a, a dream that they've all come true. Almost. God will show me things about people. 
it's a it's a it's a dream it's a vision God will show me things of what about what's going to happen in the nation that's why I know when God impressed something on my heart that there's a two to three window period I saw it's not just now oh let's hide away and, uh, no uh, it stirred something in me to to release something to do something bigger for God to do to to not back down to be bolder to be stronger in God to dream more to think more to pray more to give more come on somebody say amen you know we we got to be a resource base. I, I believe that as a church, you know, even in this in, in this city, we, we bless other churches a lot. We do. You can go to many churches around this uh, the city. They've got we've given them chairs, a hundred chairs. Yeah, another one, a hundred chairs. Given them carpets, given them sound equipment, many things. You know what? Well, you can be a resource base. We can, and they're not even churches in our movement. It doesn't matter to me, amen. But you can dream bigger than ever before. You can give bigger than ever before. You can believe bigger than ever before. But you don't have to back down. It's part of how God works. And a lot of times God will just speak to me as I'm riding in the car. He'll just impress something on me. And it excites my spirit. Now, I don't, I don't discount that. I don't just think, ah, oh, well. Like a lot of Pentecostals do. They just think, oh, it's another goosebump feeling. No. We, 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 we cheapen what God does. God can impress a small thing on your heart. Amen. Like, like you can get like a whoo moment, right, Patrick? Like a whoo, right? It's just like a, <laughs> like, a, like a wow moment. Write it down. Write it down. Amen. Write it down. And maturity is needed. You know, uh, um, if you look at a lot of the great, I'm getting hot now, so. Amen. Uh, and I, I've got short sleeves, so it's okay. Somebody can take this from me. There we go. Amen. You know, what was I going to say now? <laughs> what? What? I was getting hot. <laughs> Oh, yes, 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 yes. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, here's the point. If you look at a lot of the prophets in the Bible, the most profound prophets, they got like one chapter or two chapters. That's it. Amen. The prophet Agabus in the book of Acts got two lines. That's it. But he fulfilled the purpose of God. He still, he stirred something. He must have done other things. But sometimes we, we, we want to overcook this. We want to make this more spiritual than it is. We, 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 want to, we want to add stuff all the time. Listen, if God impresses something simple in, in your heart, just follow that. Learn to go with that. Learn to uh, submit it to people. Ask other people to pray with you. But it's got to be simple. Amen. It's most times simple. And we make this very hard. We make this very hard. We make it so hard that we think it's so complicated that we can't fulfill this. You can get a thought from God. And if you believe that thought, like Joseph got a dream from God, people must have thought, man, this is insane. They wanted to kill him. It was a simple thought. How was it possible that everybody was going to bow to him? But he simply believed God. Abraham simply got a word from God. Leave where you are right now. Go. That's it. Go. 
Now, what part of go do we not understand, the G or the O? It's so simple. And his wife says, where are we going? I don't know, but God said go. Come on. It's so simple, but God unfolds this thing. And I want to stir you up in that. Amen. So we've got to learn to dream the dreams of God. And I want us to go to, the, to one point as I come to a close this morning. The band can come up. And I'm going to continue tonight on the practical aspects of this thing. So number one, you, you, you're going to write, write this down. Write it down. Let's look at one scripture here. Habakkuk, Habakkuk, however you want to say it. I will stand my watch and I will set myself on the rampart and I will watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I'm corrected. So here's the point is that we've got to watch and we've got to see what God will say. But here's what God says in verse 2. When you start to see what God says, maybe you're walking down the road or driving in your car or you're talking to your wife, uh, whatever it may be, sometimes God may drop things, He drops things in me at the most inopportune times, but I learn to, to respond to God. I, I remember on my birthday a couple of years back, God said to me, I'm having a, a coffee with my wife. And as she, as she said, I'll go get the coffee for you at your birthday. God drops it in my heart. Plant a church in the Philippines. That's it. That's all God says. Now, all God wants me to do is simply believe that. So my wife gets back and I say to her, God says we must plant a, a church in the Philippines. That's it. Amen. Nothing, nothing profound. Now I've got to do the work. But the point is I believe God. Simply believe God. I spoke it out. I declared it. I wrote it down. I spoke to people. That's what I did. Amen. And that's why we have churches here now. Amen. By a simple word. And when God speaks, it opens up something. It opens up the provision, the capacity for that. And He says, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that He may run who reads it. And so I did it. I gave it over. There you go. Run with it now. Amen. Make it work. <laughs> Amen. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but it will in the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. And I've got a lot to say, but I'll continue tonight. Here's the point. He says, though it tarries, wait for it, for it will surely come. Sometimes we've got a dream, we've got a vision, we have an impression, we've got a word from God, we've got something in our hearts. But I want to tell you, wait for it because it will come to pass very quickly. Because when you learn to wait upon God and trust God and not become frustrated, but in that process say, God, I I will do what I can do right now, but I know you will open up the door. That's why I, people say, well, pastor, I don't have a vision. Well, excuse me. I have a vision. We have a vision in the church. Win the loss at any cost. Mend the nets. The catch will be great. Build one dynamic church in many locations. It's as simple as that. You say, well, I don't know what to do. Well, I'll tell you what. Go and do. Go bless somebody. Go pray for somebody. Send them an SMS. I'll tell you what. Go ask your neighbor how they're doing. In a home cell, start believing God for a, a, for, for a harvest. We're not there just to have a nice little uh, uh, get-together. We're there to win our world for Jesus. If, a, if one Christian could win one person to the Lord in one year, you will have done most more than what most Christians do in their lifetime. So never underestimate what you can do. Amen. Never underestimate. I'm not saying that you're going to go out there and stand on the street corners and shout and that the crowds are going to come because nine times out of ten, it's not going to happen. But I want to tell you what will happen every time. You
you can pray for that one person at your work. You can have a dream that that person's going to come to Christ. You can have a dream that that school is going to have revival. You can have a dream. You can ask God, God, give me one person in that school. God, give me one person in the university. Lord, give me one person in my workplace. Give me one person in my neighbourhood. I'll tell you what, that's dreaming the dream of God. Because Jesus says, the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. Amen. You want to dream God's dream? Feed the poor. Heal the brokenhearted. Heal the sick. Bind up those who are bruised and broken. Bring God's grace to a generation that needs it so much. Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning.